Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Risk's L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on the sharing of gig economy. L. is also the chair of the Marketplace Risk Advisory Board. Please note, this podcast has been prepared for informational purposes and is not legal advice by the Marketplace Risk team or the presenters. The material discussed should not be construed as legal advice or a legal opinion on any specific issue. We urge you to consult a lawyer concerning your own situation and any specific legal questions you may have. Please contact us at info@marketplacelist.com, and we can put you in touch with the appropriate professional. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Al. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Platform Podcast. Today, I am joined by Nicola Gandhi, who is director of Azacus.io. And um, welcome, Nicola. It's lovely to have you on the Platform Podcast. Thank you, Elle. It's great to be here. I'm so fascinated by what you do. And actually, I've been using this um, this word, um, and not everyone I, I've mentioned it to uh, understands it. So I'm really keen to hear a bit more about pen testing. Now, I thought that yeah. this was to do with, you know, if you've got a pot of um, biros that aren't working, going through and seeing which one would work for you. But pen, it is not. It's short pen- <laughs> penetration, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Far more uh, and amusing title, penetration testing. Yeah. So, um, it, it's got a you know there's a, there's the highly technical definitions and then there's sort of bringing it back to real life which we will so it's something that's classically been known as ethical hacking, really. Um, but yep, now we we refer to it as pen testing or penetration testing and it's essentially um, it's a branch of cybersecurity but it's not really on the defensive side of cybersecurity. Typically, we think of cybersecurity as being all of those fantastic defensive measures that we put in place to protect ourselves online and protect our businesses, whereas offensive security is the opposite of that. So what we do is we try and penetrate online systems, uh, applications, networks, and so on, um, to try and see where they may be vulnerable to attack. So it's a simulated attack. Um, critically, this is done under contract. It's, it's all agreed beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we look for vulnerabilities. Um, we look to see how exploitable they are in specific environments. And critically, we look at what the potential business impacts of that might be for for businesses as we work with them on a, on a one-to-one basis. Um, we make recommendations for fixes, and then we issue a full report there, which we, we triage all of our findings. And you, you're kind of, as a client, you're left with a, a really detailed piece of work, which tells you where you may be vulnerable to attack um, if a real-world threat actor were to get there before we did as friendly pen testers. So ethical, that's an interesting word to, to use. Yeah. Is that because it's, you know, you're doing it for a good reason? Is that why it's called that? Yeah, it's interesting. So there's sort of a couple of reasons why people might use the term ethical hacking. Some some people think of it as, you know, people who are hacking for good. So they may feel that they are being ethical if they are maliciously attacking or hacking um, mm. big businesses or companies that they find to be unethical. Um, but we refer to it, obviously, ethically in this uh, terminology is, yes, we're not doing any harm. So we're trying to penetrate systems and hack into them. And the benefit lies with the client because we're telling them where they're vulnerable. Uh, we're not in there to do any harm. And critically, we're not in there to to compromise their data in any way. No. And so it's a bit like mystery shopping in a way, isn't it? Or mystery, <laughs> almost like mystery shop lifting, <laughs> if that's possible. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really interesting. So 
when you are dealing with a client um, and they want this done, that must be quite a, a tricky thing to lay out with them because presumably you have to sort of, I, I don't know, is there a, a, a bit of feeling from the client side that they are slightly nervous about having this process done to their systems? How do you reassure them? Yes, yeah, some, some, some clients are. Um, so there's various different reasons why um, why clients might need or want pen testing. So we, we work with a variety of different clients. So there are the startups and the scale-ups, you know, these fantastic innovative um, services that are online or applications or networks that people are building. And um, they maybe require pen testing for uh, regulatory compliance in certain industries, but they've, they, you know, they've never really known what to expect they just know that they have to get it and those can be people who are yes they're they're a little bit nervous um most nervous on the team usually is the development team or the developers <laughs> um, <laughs> they are uh you know they, they're developing from a safety conscious perspective and they're working really hard and doing fantastic work and you know nobody likes to then be presented with a situation whereby their work is um is perhaps has some security flaws to it. But the important thing to remember is when you're working with development teams, uh, they are developing from a safety conscious perspective, a security conscious perspective, but they're not security professionals, right? They are development professionals. They're great at what they do. We're not developers. We don't do that. And nobody knows their application or their business better than the business owner, the application owner, and the developers. You know, they, they know the ins and outs of it. We're just coming in as an external, uh, from an external perspective to... Um, to try and simulate what a real world attack would look like. So when we feed this back to development teams, they can be a bit sort of disheartened at first. But when they read into it and they look at the technicalities of it, they know more about what they're looking for now. They know where when they're developing certain functionalities and um, certain areas of, of an app or of a system that they are saying, you know, oh, I need to be careful about access controls or cross-site scripting or any of these things that we present to them. And ultimately, it makes them better developers. So we've got great relationships with certain clients who were a little bit apprehensive at mm. first, but have actually come out of the process thinking, wow, I feel you know more aware of what's going on within my apps and systems. And also, uh, my developers know what to look for in the future, and they are um, you know, a little bit more, more informed mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and feeling good. Yeah. And you talk about the, the different types of companies you, you work with. What mm -hmm. stages typically would this be most beneficial at? Because would there be any point in doing this before something has launched? You talked about startups or, um, you, you know, is it something that needs to be sort of out in, in the world or, or do you ever do this before anyone's actually using it? Yeah, it's a really good question and um, it's definitely something uh, that we talk to clients about. We, we deal with clients at all different stages. So as I say, we've got the, the startups and scale-ups. We've got those who are more established businesses, bigger businesses that are implementing new technologies. So that perhaps they're launching a new, new online platform for their business. Um, energy companies, for example, you can now go on and manage your account online or online shopping. Um, and then we also work with the big businesses, the the multinationals, the ones who have been pen testing for years and it's, it's second nature to them and it's au fait. So they're very established. And we tend to work at different stages um, with businesses as, as they're, uh, you know, as, as they're varying across that scale. Mm -hmm. So there's four different, usually four different times uh, when we would work um, with, with clients. One would be pre- um, 
sort of pre-deployment during the development phase. So, mm-hmm. you know, the fur- I always say the further left, and any good security professional will tell you as well, the further left in your business process you can push security, the more beneficial it will be. And something that might seem, you know, quite expensive at first actually works out to be cheaper in the long run. So the further left that you can push security and the less of an afterthought that it will be, the more benefit that you will get from it. So we like to work with development teams, as I was mentioning there, to test as we go along, to work fully integrated with the team. As soon as there's new um, modules uh, implemented or there's new features implemented, we test them and they're able to incorporate fixes as they're going along. And if you've got a determined deployment date or launch date for your app, then working with testing during that whole development phase, you're more likely to meet that deadline. Now, there's alternatives as well. Obviously, you can finish your app first if you want or your system, whatever it is that you're wanting to test. And you can get it all finished. You can test your user interface and everything. Everything's great. It's looking fantastic. Um, It's all been user tested and you're ready to deploy, but you require for various different reasons, you maybe can't launch with certain vulnerabilities. So you get a scan done you, or you get a, sorry, a, a penetration test done and it, uh, and it throws up loads of vulnerabilities mm-hmm. that you're not able to launch with. Well, then maybe your timescale might get pushed back a little bit. You have to make allowances for that fact. So that's fine, again, if you plan in advance for that. Once they're live, um, if it's never been pen tested, you are running a risk of saying, okay, well, I, I've got, an, I've got a, a system out there that people are using. Um, it's never been penetration tested. Chances are there's some vulnerabilities there and there might be some risks. Um, so it's really important to, to kind of get that scheduled in and not let it slip. You know, it's kind of traditional when we see people who've already launched, they are thinking, you know, they're, they're, they're very, Mm, not preoccupied, but they're very encouraged by all the fantastic revenue they're making for yeah. their customers, you know, and, and business continuity mm. trumps security. Sometimes you think everything's going great. It's going mm. fine. And, you know, that I always use this, the Mike Tyson quote, where it's like, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> and <laughs> so, so that's something to remember there. And then what we always recommend is periodic testing. So testing annually at least, or every time you have a significant upgrade. That's where you get the most value is is ongoing testing. And this is something that, you know, I'm happy to talk to you today, to your audience, because it's great to get pen testing on people's radar. You know, this is something that should be thought about early, implemented as early as possible, planned for, and then it should be a really strategic part of your cyber risk management on an ongoing basis. And all these different times that you might do this, does that mean that the process itself would also vary in length of how long the actual process would take? Because presumably, you know, if you were doing something on on an app that hadn't been launched, maybe the the process wouldn't take as long. Am I am I right in saying that that the process itself would vary in length, and and how long does it take? Actually, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah so it can vary. Um, what well, the good thing about pen testing, as opposed to something like vulnerability scanning, which is some often confused um, with with pen testing. Vulnerability scanning is an is an automated piece of software that you'll buy a license for and you'll run it periodically, and um, but it doesn't really give you much detail and it's it's not manual. Penetration testing, you will get a, a full scoping call with an account manager such as myself. And we'll talk to you about, okay, what are the goals for your business? Where, what, where are your specific areas of concern? What does this app or system do? Um, where, where, you know, where are the areas of most importance to you? Uh, you know, if, if there are 
if you've got various different user roles and user accounts, you might want to look specifically at, okay, well, can we, can we privilege escalate? Can we, you know, change what we're able to do within the application so that a regular self-registered user was able to gain admin privileges and then what would they be able to see alter uh, delete or do you know how much so so there's certain areas where we can say okay you know well, let's focus on this to start with uh, you maybe if you want a full spectrum pen test it might take three weeks or it could take 10 days it depends on the complexity of the system it's not necessarily about the size of the business or the stage of the business it's about how complex those those systems are so if you're developing something pre-launch which is actually really complicated and complex mm-hmm. like some of our, our clients have done on big federally funded projects that we're working on in the states you know those are quite uh, quite complex systems so they require quite a significant penetration test before they can get launched mm-hmm. others once they're launched oh well we're just going to check on you know this is only going to take three days because we're looking at x y and z or we're just doing a retest of things that we found before or you know now we're going to focus on a different area so the benefit of penetration testing is it's very tailored to what it is you're looking for specifically what your parameters are what your budget constraints are time constraints and so on and we're able to work incredibly flexibly um, with our clients and that's one of the things that we pride ourselves on as a Custa IO we're, we're really we're able to be agile and uh, and dynamic and, and work within the parameters that mm-hmm. are set by our clients. You've segued beautifully into what I want to ask <laughs> you about next which is about <laughs> Azacus.io and and you and how how earth did you get into this because it it sounds so interesting and I just wonder I imagine it's not been around forever and I wonder what what your path to getting into this world and also founding uh, the company as well so tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so um, my background's non-technical. I'm not a I'm 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 not a, a, a hacker. I'm not a um, I'm just a regular yeah computer <laughs> user, you know, <laughs> like everyone else. Um, and uh, I'm always googling around trying to find the answers to questions. And how how do I do X, Y, and Z in Word? How do I copy and paste this? So um, <laughs> I feel reassured um, by that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but my background has always been in relationship management and um, corporate development. So I've worked in the private sector, public sector, and third sector, um, largely in corporate social responsibility. So working with big companies to achieve mutually beneficial goals. And I've always enjoyed being really solution focused when I'm working with partners or clients. Um, so I've seen relationship management done well, and I've also seen it done really badly. Um, and several years ago, um, my now business partner um, said to me, I am working in pen testing. I'm, uh, he'd been in various different big companies and he was saying, this is, uh, we can do this so much better. I can do this so much better on our own. There's so many opportunities in this industry to do things differently um, and to work with different different clients but I need your help. I don't know the first thing about business development. I don't know the first thing about dealing with relationships and, and uh, relationship management. And I said, oh, that's great, but no, thank you. You know, I'm, I'm really happy doing what I'm doing, working on these projects and said no to him several times. And then eventually uh, in towards the end of 2018, caved and said, okay, yes, I will work to start this business with you and had grand plans of, of transitioning very, very slowly across to doing that. Um, and started to up my literacy in cybersecurity and spend lots of time with um, my now business partner and co-founder um, to learn more about his craft. And um, he is he has extensive security experience, has worked in the security sector since he was 17, 
um, years old, so many years now. Don't want to age him <laughs> ungracefully, disgracefully on the on, on the podcast. Um, but a good, you know, a good few decades of um, of working in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then COVID came around last year, and um, and I was made redundant in March of last year, and that was the fire beneath me to really fly with Azicus, and uh, that's exactly what we've done. It's been brilliant, fantastic. I've loved it. Uh, I've loved overcoming the challenges, meeting new clients, delivering the engagements that we deliver, um, and I really feel like the the clients that we have. It's you know we feel like part of the team you feel like you're really part of that and when when our clients are deploying their application or they are getting new contracts from different counties across the states that they're working in it's great you know it's, it's great to be able to share in that celebration because you feel like you are a small part of that team um and that's why i really enjoy the size and agility mm-hmm. that we are able to have as as a boutique pentesting firm and, and a fairly new one as well and you sound like you've um you know, done really well in this short space of time and got some really interesting clients. Um, Amongst those, obviously, really keen to hear about the marketplace side of it. And we have, um, we're really pleased to have you speaking at the Sharing Economy Global Summit next month in London and sharing this knowledge with our our marketplace audience. But tell me a bit more, first of all, about the the marketplace side of it. Do you think that there's a a particular vulnerability around that that sort of two-sided model um, for an app or a platform, that peer-to-peer model? Do you think that that creates specific challenges when it comes to cybersecurity? And how does pen testing potentially, you know, not solve, I suppose that's a bit too much, but help that? Yeah, it's um, a really interesting area. Marketplace um, is is definitely definitely an area where pen testing plays a, a significant role, especially as we've seen this, this great upsurge and uptake in marketplace innovators, mm. um, and especially off the back of, of what we mentioned earlier, off the back of uh, COVID and 2020, we've seen um, a huge upsurge in in creative technologies that are coming out to to combat some of the challenges we didn't even know we faced until we had a global pandemic. So um, likewise, though, unfortunately, has been the upsurge in opportunistic cybercrime. So it doesn't it doesn't really matter in how big or small your your business is. Every everyone is a target. It's like what I was saying earlier. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. It's not a case of if. It's a case of when. So there's definitely a role across all industries for penetration testing, adequate cyber risk management, and um, a real focus on cyber security. And that's not going away. That's only going to get stronger um, with time. And, and it's important to remember no system, however big or small, is ever 100% secure or risk-free. And that's fine. You know, no, no castle is completely impenetrable. Many of them lie in ruins. You don't want to be one of those. But you do need to keep your guard up and you need to keep working on your defenses as you go through the building, launching, and then um, the growth of, of your business, regardless of the industry that you're in. Specifically with Marketplace, then, I think, yes, that transactional aspect throws up certain things that are that, that are quite vulnerable. And at my session uh, in November, I'm going to be talking about some real-world examples of areas of attack that we commonly see in applications where there's a transaction of some kind. Um, and... I'll be taking you through a few of those real world examples, including 
being able to hack a global bank. You know, you wouldn't think that you would be able to to do that. But you, were you someone who's spending 10 or 50 or 100 million dollars a year on cyber defenses? How could a small firm like ours be able to go in and, and uh, steal money from a bank? But it's entirely possible. And that, that's an area called access control. And that's something that I think is very um, pertinent to, to the marketplace. Um, any area as well, obviously, if you're in, incorporating payments, um, Mm-hmm. Then we're looking at things like PCI compliance, and that's a sort of a, an international standard. And there's lots of requirements, very much interwoven into the fabric of PCI uh, standards that you, you're required to have penetration testing. So during the session, again, we're going to take a little look at that and put some flesh on the bones of um, of some of those those reasons specific to marketplace mm-hmm. um, risk. That really looking forward to it. Thanks. <laughs> And, um, you know, obviously at Marketplace Risk, we're, we're, talk- we're talking to and engaging with a lot of people who work in the cybersecurity um, arena, but maybe mm-hmm. in different ways. So we're talking yeah. about things like fraud prevention and ID verification and all these types of things. How does the pen testing sit alongside? Do you see it as, um, you know, something where you are complementing these other areas? And how do you work alongside other types of cybersecurity? Absolutely. Um, it's, you know, this, there's so many different facets to cybersecurity now, as I was mentioning at the, the top of our chat. And Pen testing certainly sits as a complementary um, aspect of that. So the the benefit, the key benefit of penetration testing is you you have a, a really deep understanding of what your cyber risk posture is at a given point in time. We make recommendations for fixes, but we don't necessarily we don't make those fixes. Um, that it is is up to you as a business owner, as you know, and your business better than anyone. You also know what your risk appetite is. And if you have a high risk appetite and you're willing to go to market with vulnerabilities that are there, well, you're going to have to probably put some other provisions in place, such as cyber insurance. I'm sure there's some cyber insurers that are going to be along there uh, or some defensive mechanisms in place to mitigate those risks or minimize the risk of that happening or share it. Indeed, you know, these are all parts of a cyber risk management strategy. And I think different aspects of cybersecurity play different roles in that risk management. Um, so we're there to provide you with the risk assessment. Other services are there to provide you with risk mitigation or minimization. Um, and, you know, there's, there's certainly lots of, of, I mean, you mentioned there one example, fraud prevention. I mean, the PCI standard that I was mentioning earlier, that was designed for fraud prevention. It was designed by Visa, MasterCard and Amex um, to as a bit of a combined approach to preventing uh, credit card fraud. Mm-hmm. And they have said within their guidance, penetration testing is required. So that's one example where regulatory compliance and offensive security are working together to achieve the greatest outcome possible for these businesses to help keep them secure online. The guidance is there for a reason. And all of these different facets of cybersecurity um, play a very um, complementary and mutually beneficial role um, in in the big interwoven picture of your cyber risk management strategies. Great. Well, it sounds like you, you're going to have some interesting conversations, not just with maybe the startup founders that we have at the mm-hmm. event, but also, you know, the, these complementary um, cybersecurity experts as well. So that that will be great. And just just finally, Nicola, I was just thinking, you know, as we slowly, um, hopefully, I have to add all these words, emerge from the pandemic 
what do you see happening in terms of what what you're doing not just maybe your business but i've i've been reading quite a lot about how um there's been a, you know a rise in uh, online fraud during the lockdowns what, mm. what what do you have in terms of a vision for maybe this this new normal that everyone talks about when it comes to cybersecurity are are we getting um, is there new exciting innovations coming through or, or, the, or the fraudsters feel like, you know, does it feel like they're, they're kind of winning at the moment? What, what's your take on it? <laughs> yeah, it depends who you ask. If, someone, if someone's been subjected to a cyber attack, they'll definitely tell you the fraudsters are winning and uh, others have been blissfully unaware and oblivious and say, oh, everything's fine. There's no, there's no risk at all. Uh, I'm fine, you know. Um, so it depends who you ask at a given point in time. But as I mentioned earlier, Cyber crime is not going away. It's the fastest crime type globally in the world. And um, there is good reason for that for for cyber criminals. There is no shortage of opportunity, um, not least because cyber, um, you know, vulnerabilities and attack vectors are being exploited and and, um, and they're emerging rather Mm -hmm. on a a daily basis. There's new, new exploits discoverable daily and that's why we get something like patch tuesday you know when patch, all the patches are released and we have to everyone has to update everything all our software that's why updates are so critical is because it's emerging not just weekly but daily so it's not going away this is as you say the new normal in terms of great innovations there are lots there are plenty i've been uh you know within cybersecurity itself there's some fantastic work going on um, with how can AI play a role in in powering the good fight within cybersecurity? Um, What are we seeing? Typically, though, hackers are still people. You know, they're still physical in nature, but it's never been easier um, to hack online systems than it is now. There's never been a greater opportunity. In terms of what what we're doing at Azakis.io, it's it's keeping plowing on forward. And my ethos as well is no drama. You know, I just want to work with clients and do away with the scare tactics and that that horrible sort of pressure that people feel to engage. You know, they just really want to bury their heads in the sand when we talk about cyber risk. It's about embracing the knowledge mm-hmm. uh, of assessing your cyber risk and not feeling defeated or fearful because there is a fantastic cybersecurity community out there that's open to helping you and working with you regardless of the size or stage of your business or industry that you're in. And it's about reaching out um, and, and making meaningful relationships uh, with the cybersecurity community because they'll ultimately embolden you and empower you to go forward and have great success in your business and really make a difference in the world. Oh, Nicola, that's such a positive um, conclusion. And thank you so much for that. And we're really looking forward to meeting you in person on November the 10th and 11th in London next month. And I look forward to your session as well. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Platform Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk. Tune in next week for another podcast.